In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. As a psalm writer proclaims, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. And just an announcement today, I would like to remind everybody about the drive through bake sale that orders can be picked up today, October 25th, from 10 until noon under the carport. And a thank you to all who organized and baked and cooked to support the big sale. On Reformation Sunday, which is this Sunday, today, we celebrate the church's ministry in Christ's name, rooted in the past and growing into the future. So the church must always be reformed in order to live out the love of Christ in an ever-changing world. We celebrate the good news of God's grace that Jesus Christ sets us free every day to do this life-transforming work. Before we hear our scripture readings, let us begin with the prayer of the day. Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trial. Defend them against all enemies of the gospel. And bestow on the church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'd like to read uh, Psalm 46. Psalm 46 was the psalm that was so instrumental for Martin Luther and was the psalm that he based the hymn that he wrote, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is based on this psalm. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth be moved and though the mountains shake in the depths of the sea, though its waters rage and foam and though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, and it shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. The nations rage and the kingdoms shake. God speaks and the earth melts away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now, regard the works of the Lord, what desolations God has brought upon the earth. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still then and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And then from Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans we hear these words from the third chapter. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. 
the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, through whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous, and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Here ends the reading. And then from the Gospel of John, 8th chapter, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, Well, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Each year on the last Sunday in October, we celebrate Reformation Sunday. It is the Sunday closest to October 31st, All Hallows' Eve, when we remember the anniversary of Martin Luther's posting of his 95 Theses to the castle church door in Wittenberg, Germany. The 95 Theses were statements written in Latin and were meant to start a theological debate in the Roman Catholic Church. The debate turned into a movement, a protesting reforming movement, which transformed the face of the Christian Church. The Reformation movement led by Martin Luther was really at heart a teaching movement meant to clarify the church's understanding of faith. One of Luther's central points throughout his teaching movement was the proper understanding of faith and works. And this understanding of faith and works is what I want to reflect on today. Out of Luther's own struggle to find peace with God and be assured of salvation, he had in his younger years the impression that it was necessary to do good works, certain disciplines and personal denials, including fasting and prayers, in order to get right with God, in order to be justified in God's sight. He agonized in trying to do enough good in order to win God's favor, God's grace, and be forgiven and know that he was saved. It was in Luther's study of the Bible that he discovered a life-changing truth, that God makes a person righteous by his grace as a gift in Jesus Christ. The reading we heard from Romans today was especially meaningful for Luther. Those words, for there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift. Luther, as he studied this, came to a sense of peace. But with the enlightenment that brought this inner peace, Luther also found himself in opposition to the teachings of the church. 
Specifically, Luther took issue with the church's teaching and practice of selling indulgences. Indulgences were official letters or certificates that guaranteed people release from purgatory and forgiveness of sins. Purgatory was a place a person went upon death until finished making amends for the sins they committed while they lived on earth. The church had led people to believe that the, the purchase of indulgences gained God's forgiveness. And you could even buy these certificates of indulgences for dead relatives, reducing their time in purgatory. Every year on All Saints Day, November 1st, there was an annual pilgrimage of people to the castle church where Luther regularly preached. There was in the castle church a collection of sacred relics put together by Luther's prince, Prince Frederick the Wise, Elector of Saxony, the region around the Elbe River and the city of Wittenberg. Those people who came to on All Saints Day to the church there in Wittenberg, the castle church, adore the relics, made a contribution, purchased indulgences, and with those certificates could receive a reduction of thousands of years in purgatory for both the living and the dead. Prince Frederick used the money to pay for the building of a bridge across the Elbe River and to support the university at Wittenberg. Included in the sacred relic collection there at Castle Church that people came to venerate were many ancient items, including one piece from the swaddling cloth used at the birth of Jesus, 13 pieces from his original crib, one wisp of straw, one piece of gold brought by the wise men, and three of myrrh, one strand of Jesus' beard, one of the nails driven into his hands, one piece of bread from the Last Supper, one piece of stone Jesus stood on to ascend into heaven, and many more items. The total collection between 17,000 and 19,000 items at the time of Luther. These were the treasures that were made available for people to view and venerate for a price, and then to be rewarded with indulgences, with these certificates that gave the assurance of forgiveness and freedom from purgatory. It was on the day before All Saints Day, on October 31st, 1517, that Luther nailed his 95 theses, these statements of protest, to the castle church door. Luther argued that indulgences are harmful to people because they get in the way of salvation by diverting charity and inducing a false sense of security. Thesis number 62, for example, cut to the heart of the matter. The true treasure, Luther wrote, the true treasure of the church is the most holy gospel of the glory and grace of God. The grace of God. This relationship that God establishes with us in Christ, it is all grace. It is completely an undeserved gift. Forgiveness and salvation are given as an unmerited gift. It's all grace. Luther said that the relationship between Christ and the believer is like a marriage. And Luther used the analogy of getting married to describe it. Think of it when a couple exchanges vows, the old language was, I plight thee my troth, and with 
All my worldly goods I do thee endow. As we apply this to our relationship with Christ, we see how we benefit from what Christ gives us. We are set free from sin, death, and the devil in the sense in which we have heard Jesus' words today. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Christ joins himself to us in holy baptism, and we are endowed with all that is Christ's through his death and resurrection. Freedom from sin and death, shame and despair, freedom to live our lives in the presence and security of Christ in the midst of all the uncertainties and perplexities of life. Christ comes to us, a trustworthy, truth-filled relationship, abiding faithfully with us continually, lovingly. Now what? That's the question for us on our side of the life-giving, loving relationship, which is ours through Christ's gift of himself for us. Now what? This is the question we need to ask in order to hear the full word of Christ's truth and that word alone truth emphasized by Martin Luther. Now what? In 1 John we read, Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And John tells us not just to say that we love, but to show our love in all that we do. Yes, because God in Christ loves us, we can love. And we can love even someone who is being difficult. When we remember that Christ loves us even when we were at our worst, even when we were most unlovable. Now what? Returning to the marriage analogy Martin Luther used to describe our relationship with Christ. Now the married couple leaves the wedding ceremony to live their lives in the world. And they will reflect their relationship in the way they live. Now the work begins, Luther wrote in his document to Pope Leo, entitled, The Freedom of the Christian. Luther wrote in this document to Pope Leo, Here the work begins in our relationship with Christ, and it is a work of faith active in love. Faith is a divine work in us which changes us and makes us born anew of God, making us altogether different people, filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, it is a living, busy, active, and mighty thing, this faith. It is impossible for it not to be doing good works constantly. This is the work the Holy Spirit performs, because without compulsion, a person is ready to do good to everyone, to serve everyone out of love and praise of God. Luther called these works of doing good and serving others in Jesus' name spontaneous love. Our relationship with Jesus Christ draws us into a love that is greater than ourselves, a love that is always reaching out to others. This is the very nature of the love God shows us in Jesus, a love that flows out to us and to the world through us, to all people. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill us with this spontaneous love. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise and thank you for your grace, your undeserved gift of forgiveness and love. Work in us through the power of the Holy Spirit that we may do good to everyone out of love and praise of you. Renew and inspire the church in the freedom of the gospel, the good news of forgiveness and new life in Christ. 
Renew and inspire us at United Lutheran Church. Where the church falls short, re reform and renew it. Where the church speaks and lives your truth and love, strengthen it by the power of your spirit. As the earth changes, as mountains shake and waters roar, may we care for this planet as a holy habitation for all living things. For those suffering from natural disaster of wind and fire and flood, grant recovery and the rebuilding of their lives. For leaders of our community, state and country, that they would use their positions to serve your people in protecting and preserving life in the way of justice for the welfare of all. May we exercise our right and responsibility to vote in this election and may our choices serve the common good for our nation. We pray for those who are farming the land, for favorable weather for the harvest, Bless and care for those whose hands bring the fruits of the earth to the tables of all. Instill in us a deep care for your creation and a desire to work for and to feed the hungry. We pray today for all those who are sick or suffering in any way. Come to the aid, O God, especially of those who suffer from coronavirus. We pray too for those from our community who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Colleen, Songhee, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bonnie, Gary, Adele, John. Grant them healing. And we remember before you those who grieve the loss of loved ones, we pray, too, for those we remember who have died, especially those most dear to us, who we name in our hearts before you. We pray for your comfort, your peace. We know, risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. And of that day when we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. Now we pray the prayer our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>